from Public Health Institute, welcome to the PHI CDC Global Health Podcast, a new podcast that highlights stories from the PHI CDC Global Health Fellowship Program, a U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention funded program implemented by the Public Health Institute. Our fellows are guided by CDC Global Health experts and work on the front lines of global health, developing the technical and professional skills needed to make meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges. I'm your host, Whitney Hall, the program's administration and communications specialist. Today, I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Maureen Barty, MPH, who is the Associate Director for Global Health Security within CDC Center for Global Health and is also a mentor for the PHI CDC Global Health Fellowship Program. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak uh, with me today, and I'm excited to just learn more about your background. Um, So what is your current role at CDC, and how long have you worked with the agency? Sure. Well, um, currently, I'm the Associate Director for Global Health Security within the Center for Global Health. And in this role, I lead CDC's work under the Global Health Security Agenda and Global Health Security Policy and Strategy Discussions with other U.S. government agencies and our international partners. And I started at CDC now, seems like quite a long time ago, but about 22 years ago um, as a fellow uh, with the Public Health Prevention Service Fellowship. And what sparked your initial interest in public health and how did you get started in this field? So initially, I thought I wanted to um, go into research or medicine, Um, but after I graduated undergrad, I I decided that um, I I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. So I worked as a research assistant at a primate research facility. And while I was working there, we did some collaborative work with a professor of medicine and public health, um, and that really introduced me to the field of public health. Um, So I ended up getting my master's in public health and initially worked in the field of HIV AIDS, um, mostly in um, research and also prevention domestically. Um, But while I was at CDC, I was given the opportunity to participate in the Stop Transmission of Polio program, um, where I spent three months in Bangladesh supporting the World Health Organization and the Ministry of Health of Bangladesh. Uh, to plan for, uh, train workers, and evaluate a National Polio Immunization Day campaign. And it was that experience, I think, that really um, ignited my interest and my passion in global health. And I've been fortunate um, to be able to continue my work in global health ever since that experience. Great. Well, besides your interest and, you know, in in global health and your experience in Bangladesh, are there any field experiences in other countries or regions that stand out to you as highlights of your career? Yeah. um, So aside from that initial experience in Bangladesh, um, I think the highlight really of my international career was serving as the deputy director for the CDC Central Asia Regional Program in Almaty, Kazakhstan. Um, There I I lived for three years and had the opportunity to work with some amazing colleagues. Um, We covered five different countries in Central Asia and had a small CDC team, but but really had just exceptional um, folks that we worked with, Um, mainly our locally employed staff, you know, really taught me so much about their own countries and really how we could accomplish the most that we um, could with really few resources. Um, And there I also had the opportunity to work with colleagues from different U.S. government agencies, such as the Department of State, um, USAID, and Department of Defense, 
which allowed me to learn more about those organizations and also how to collaborate with them really effectively. And on a personal note, I, I think also one reason that this experience was so special to me was I um, met my husband while I was living there. So that has been something um, that's been fantastic and really has uh, kept Kazakhstan as a as a uh, just an incredible place in, in my heart and my mind. Now, does he work in public health also? Um, he does now, but he didn't then. Um, he was in the military and was assigned to the embassy and the defense attache office. Um, so we got we met just through um, you both being assigned to the embassy. Wow, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and now now he works for CDC, and he's um, yeah he's he's enjoying it, and it's really fun now. Actually, you know when you have. Um, both partners uh, being able to speak the language of public health, you know, so um, mm -hmm. he really understands more about what I do and, and how we work together and, and the public health work that we do. So it's it's really um, exciting and fun. Yeah, definitely. That creates a unique bond, I would say. Yes. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like, you know, I know that you've worked all over the world and worked on different outbreak responses as well. Uh, what are some of the greatest lessons from those experiences that you've learned from working in global health? Sure. Well, I, I think really the greatest lesson that I've learned is, is that we can all learn from each other. So we need to really be open to learning lessons and not just trying to teach them. Global work, I think, is most successful when it's really more of a partnership than a one-sided experience. Um, so really being open to, to learning lessons while you're also sharing your experience and ideas. Um, and then also, I think, just that there are many ways to get to an end goal. And sometimes the way that we do things in the United States is not always the best way to do it elsewhere. So it's important to share your knowledge and experience with others, but really allow folks who understand the culture and the, the work in a particular country to determine the best way to get where you both want to go in the partnership. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I'm kind of speaking to cultural sensitivity and seeing what will work. Absolutely. Brought. Uh, as a mentor to PHI CDC Global Health Fellows, and also as someone who started out as a fellow at CDC, uh, what qualities do you think help fellows make the most of their fellowship? And how do the PHI CDC Global Health Fellows contribute to your work or your office division mission and goals? Yeah, I think the, the qualities that are most important are really, um, I think, probably three that I think are most important. Um, flexibility, initiative, and curiosity. And I think in terms of flexibility, you know, things don't always go as planned. Sometimes, you know, proposals for your particular assignment might um, be submitted months before you actually arrive. And by the time you get there, things may have changed. You know, with COVID right now, I think a lot of folks are seeing that what was maybe proposed and what they had planned on doing um, isn't turning out to be exactly what they're doing. So being flexible to really make the most of the experience that you have and um, really trying to look at, at what you can gain from the experience, um, not just lamenting, you know, what might have been. Um, I think for an initiative, um, really not being afraid to suggest activities that you think will help you gain skills or provide interesting experiences. I think that um, my mentees have really been able to um, gain really valuable experiences by sharing with me some of the 
the interests that they have outside of maybe the area that we are focused on. So we're focused on global health security, but there's um, sometimes been an interest in uh, specifically learning more about HIV or global immunization. And so I can help facilitate some of those conversations and those experiences um, for the mentees if they share that that that's an interest of theirs and um, and we can work together to make sure that they can gain some valuable experience in, in those particular areas. Um, also, I think, uh, you know, my mentees also have not been afraid to um, suggest ideas of when we are working on a project, if they feel that, um, you know, something could be done better or maybe done in a, in a different way. I really value the um, opinions of my mentees and that when they are willing to, to share their ideas, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily go with the idea that's shared, but oftentimes we do. And, and I think just, um, you know, really being part of the team and, and sharing ideas really helps us achieve more together. Um, so I think, you know, just taking that initiative, um, not waiting to be told what to do, but really sharing uh, your own ideas. Um, and last curiosity, I think, you know, just always having that interest in, in exploring and learning something new. I think that's what makes CDC really fun is that there's lots of different activities that you can do. There's lots of different technical areas that you can get involved in. And so, you know, being curious and trying to expand your horizons, you know, developing skills that you may have already uh, started or that you have a, a kind of a um, base in, but also um, being curious about expanding to other areas. Um, right now, I think there's a lot to learn in terms of technology and how we might apply technology to, to things that we've done um, maybe in person in the past. Um, and so if, you know, just being willing to sort of explore those, those different areas and new areas, I think brings um, a lot of value to, to being part of the team. And, and my fellows, I think, I mean, I've just been so um, fortunate to certainly have um, the fellow I have currently. Um, she has contributed so much to, um, to our work in the past year, and we're fortunate enough to have her staying for another year. Um, but she's taken on uh, activities on her own. So we wanted to do a, a web feature um, of a five years of um, global health security work from CDC. And she really took that on, led that effort, um, brought together folks from across our center and across the agency to really highlight um, what we've been able to accomplish. And I know that I couldn't have gotten it done without her um, really leading leading that effort. So, um, you know, I, I feel like the, the mentees that do the best are ones that are willing to kind of jump out and and um, take the lead on on different activities and really be um, part of the team and, and be part of the the um, the work of the office. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like soft skills are really important, just knowing how to communicate and communicate well. Um, what technical skills do you think are the most important working in global health today? Yeah, so I think there's, you know, there are many technical skills that are important in, in public health. And I, I don't really think there's any one that's really more important than another. Um, you know, epidemiology, health communications, workforce development, laboratory sciences, emergency response, immunization, I and mean, the list, list goes on. Um, I, I think 
what's most important is to pick a technical area that is of interest to you and develop those skills to gain um, an expertise in that area. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to, um, you know, pick the one that people say is, is the one you have to know, but find something that really interests you and, and then develop an expertise in that area. Um, and then also, I think right now, as I mentioned previously, that technology is is really important. And I think our fellows that are you know up and coming now have a lot to offer in terms of um, you know ideas about ways that we might be able to do global health in a virtual environment. Um, you know, rather than doing things the way we've always done, you know, where we've had to do things in person. And so I do think that this um, connection between our new fellows and, and um, individuals who are coming up now who've grown up with technology, I'm really helping those of us who, you know, didn't have as much technology in our lives when we were younger um, and are, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to use technology to do things um, in a different way, but uh, applying it to, um, to the way we've always done things. So, for example, we might have been doing a training to um, teach some epidemiology to um, field epidemiology training program participants in a certain country. And now we're learning to do that virtually. But there might be you know, other ways to even reinvent the way that we uh, share our knowledge and expertise and partner with individuals all across the world. Um, and so I think that there's a lot to offer in terms of the application of technology to, uh, to public health. Thanks. Yeah, that's really interesting. It I makes me think about just how from challenging times, you know, you can actually come up with ways to improve systems and um, spread that out to the partners that you work with. Are there any mentors you have had that have been especially influential in your career? Yeah, you know, I've had um, a couple um, mentors who were formal mentors, you know, when I was a fellow, um, but also I think informal mentors, you know, people that I could look up to and watch how they um, led, you know, and, and did their work. Um, the the two mentors that I had as a fellow when I first started at CDC, I'm actually still in touch with them. Um, and funnily enough, last month I was assigned to work um, with a Native American tribe, um, and he is now, he's done a number of different jobs, but he um, is now working at the Indian Health Service, and I was able to reconnect with him uh, to ask for some advice on some of the work that we were doing on COVID, um, and he, again, came through, as always, um, and just, you know, offered some some great advice and actually is going to be connected with the um, the tribe that I that I was working with um, to speak with them directly about some of his own experiences with with his tribe in COVID. Um, so it, it definitely reinforced how how lucky I feel to have had the opportunity to be mentored, you know, by some some great um, public health practitioners. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, you know, informally, I think, you know, there's um, our deputy director at CDC, principal deputy, Dr. Shuckett, is someone who I've always looked up to since I began at, at CDC. And while I've never had a formal mentoring relationship with her, I have been able to be, uh, to watch her career and then also be part of meetings with her and, um, you know, kind of learned from the way that she's um, done a lot of her, um, her work throughout the years. Um, that has certainly had a, a big influence on me as well. 
Yeah, it's a small world, it sounds like, in global health. <laughs> it is, really. I mean, it's great. And I, I do think that's another piece of advice for folks who are interested in global health. I mean, don't be afraid to reach out to people you've worked with in the past or, um, you know, to to lean on uh, individuals who you find, you know, really interesting or impressive. I think, um, for the most part, people are really happy to, to share their advice and, mm-hmm. and their wisdom with you know, with fellows and with the kind of next generation of, of global health practitioners. Mm, yeah, that's great to hear. I'm kind of going off of that. Do you have any advice to listeners eager to work in global health in terms of what has helped you enter this field and succeed? Yeah, so I think entering the field, it's it's a bit challenging because it really is quite different now than when I entered the field, you know, about 20 years ago. Um, but I I guess I would say I think it's important to travel if possible to see for yourself how how people live differently in in various places, um, even within the U.S. Um, my experience current uh, just recently, um, I was in South Dakota with one of the Native American reservations, and you know the the state of South Dakota is quite different than California where I grew up or, you Mm -hmm. know, Georgia where I live now. And so I think, you know, understanding how people um, live their lives differently in in various places um, is is really important to be able to better understand the application of public health programs in in different countries and and also, you know, with different cultures. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there's a way to do an internship or a short term experience in another country, I think that's a great way to get started. You can really see, is this really the field that you that you really want to to be involved in? And if so, then use those networks that you create from those short-term experiences um, or from your schooling, if there's a global health um, community, you know, within your university or um, uh, even within, you know, APHA and some of the other member organizations, there are, uh, you know, groups who are focused on global health, reach out to those groups and, um, you know, see what you can do to, to try to um, get into the field. But I think networks are always really important. So, um, you know, trying to reach out to folks who are in the field and um, and getting that first experience. I think that's really the key is, you know, proving that you um, not only are interested in the field, but you've had some experience, even if it's short term, um, just to, to make sure that you really are um, interested and that you've tried it out and, and it is something that you do want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I guess as a follow-up question to that, I'm curious, I know you were deployed in South Dakota. Um, it sounds like, I mean, has your travel with CDC now since the pandemic begun, has it been more within the U.S.? And then before the pandemic, were you mainly traveling outside the U.S. for like global health meetings or yeah, different things absolutely. That is exactly mm-hmm. what is happening. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, previously, almost all of my travel, um, except for maybe going up to Washington for meetings, um, mm-hmm. has really been global um, over the past five years or so. Um, and so now, um, with the pandemic, we haven't been able to travel globally. Um, you know, as I think most people are aware, the mm-hmm. U.S. Um, still has one of the worst COVID outbreaks. Um, 
you know, worldwide. And so we're not actually even allowed to go to some countries um, mm -hmm. and others, you have to quarantine for 14 days when you arrive. So it makes um, doing a lot of the work that we do uh, challenging. Um, in addition, many of the meetings that I used to attend are actually now uh, going virtual. So it is really interesting um, to see how, how we're adapting in the field of global health. Um, there is the Global Health Security Agenda ministerial meeting that will mm -hmm. happen um, in October, November this year. Um, Thailand is hosting it, and it was supposed to happen, you know, in Thailand. And um, over the past several years, each year, uh, countries that have joined the Global Health Security Agenda, there's 67 um, or so countries right now who are members, um, ministers of health and defense and um, uh, agriculture and environment have all gotten together um, to talk through some of the successes and challenges in, in global health security. Um, and it's always been done in person, but this year for the first time, we'll, we'll see how we can make it work um, uh, virtually. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest challenge really is because it's countries from all across the world, uh, the time zone uh, challenge is, is the biggest one. Um, I believe some of the meetings are going to happen at you know, three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, our time, um, which will oh. be a challenge. But um, wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, other than that, I think you know, for a few days, it's uh, it's you know, we can do it, and um, it will be really interesting to see how much participation we get and how many leaders we're able to really get, um, you know, participating in a virtual meeting. We actually think it might be easier to get more of the leaders participating because they don't have to travel and mm -hmm. they might be able to, you know, the meeting's going to be cut down to just a few hours per day so that, you know, over the course of um, more days, but will be um, cut down to fewer hours. And so we're hopeful that we'll get more of the ministers actually participating um, because they won't have to travel and give up so much time to actually be in person at the meeting. That's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of curious personally what will happen once things calm down a bit eventually, if this will create a lasting trend of more of these meetings actually being virtual instead, but that will be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm really interested in that as well. And maybe we'll have more, more that are virtual, but also, you know, have um, perhaps fewer that are in person, but then we get, you know, more participation, you get a lot mm -hmm. more um, sort of uh, focused energy, perhaps, uh, you know, at the ones that are in person, um, whereas we can have lots of meetings that are virtual, you know, I mean, the, the cost of them is so much less. And I think um, people are learning how to use different formats to really get the most engagement from the individuals who are there. So I'm excited to see how this will evolve and yeah, how, how in the future, um, you know, when we are through this pandemic and hopefully out of, uh, you know, any pandemic for a while um, and, and how we can adapt, you know, some of our traditional practices um, mm -hmm. to use this technology in a way that, that is really effective and also is um, less expensive. Yes, definitely. Um, you mentioned earlier in the interview just about how important it is to be open to learning. Do you have any favorite public health trainings or resources you recommend either for people you know, with your educational background or those who are newer to public health? Yeah, I, I think for global health, I, I really do feel that cultural awareness and cultural adaptability trainings are, are really helpful. 
um, you know, I think it's important to understand and acknowledge our own cultural biases in order to work most effectively across cultures. And, and so those kinds of trainings, I think, are quite, quite useful. Um, and then in terms of books, I really, I, I really loved reading Bill Fagey's book, House on Fire. Um, you know, Bill Fagey's such a public health legend, so anything written by him really is worth reading. But I really enjoyed House on Fire. It focuses on the smallpox eradication campaign and describes Dr. Fagey's experiences um, as he worked on the smallpox eradication program. Um, so I, I definitely recommend that to folks who are interested in, you know, global eradication programs or just um, really global public health. Um, another interesting read is is a book called Sentinel for Health. It's a little bit of an old book. It's by Elizabeth Etheridge, um, and it's the history of CDC. So it's, um, I think, about the first 50 years of CDC's history, but it gives you a good insight into sort of how CDC evolved and um, a bit about kind of how we got to where we are now. And so I found that really fascinating. Um, and maybe the last book I would recommend is not about public health per se, but it's more of a leadership book. Um, and it's called The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. And I just recently read that for a course I was taking in leadership. And I found it really, you know, it's a really easy read kind of. It's, um, it's more kind of reads more like a novel than a, than a textbook. Um, and it was really quite insightful in terms of how to build and maintain strong teams and uses lessons from the sports world and the business world. Um, but those lessons can be really effectively applied to public health, I think. And maybe the, the last one, I guess, is um, Pandemic by Sonia Shaw. Um, that one is, um, you know, I don't know that everybody wants to read about pandemics right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> considering we're living through it. But um, I also found that one to be really interesting and um, kind of talks you through um, just different parts of um, of pandemics uh, throughout the ages um, and and infectious disease more broadly. So um, just it goes from cholera to Ebola um, and beyond and and. Um, the way that she writes is very um, easy to read and, again, uh, more like a novel than, than a textbook, but um, also, I think, a really good and fascinating read for people interested in global health. Oh, well, wonderful. Thank you, Maureen. Is there anything else that you would like to add or, or talk about that we didn't get to? Um, no, just to thank you so much for, for giving me the opportunity to talk with you and especially for running the, the fellowship program. I think we've just had such a great experience with our fellows um, and look forward to continuing um, hosting fellows, you know, as, as long as possible. And, and thanks for all your work to, to get some, you know, really great folks um, assigned to CDC and, and interested and introduced to global health um, through this fellowship. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you do as a mentor. I know you've had a really lasting impact on Katie, your current mentee, and we really appreciate you. So thanks for your time today. Thank you. In July, Maureen was awarded the 2020 Outstanding Mentorship Award by the PHI CDC Global Health Awards Review Committee. Her mentee and current PHI CDC Global Health Fellow, Katie Nurses, MPH, had this to say about her. Maureen exemplifies the characteristics of a mentor, approachable, empathetic, communicative, and invested. She has throughout her career and my time as her mentee shown an unparalleled dedication to the evolution and professional development of those she works with. 
Thank you to our guest, Maureen Barty, MPH, and all of you for tuning in to the PHI-CDC Global Health Podcast. This podcast is a project of the PHI-CDC Global Health Fellowship Program, which is implemented by the Public Health Institute and its partner, Consortium of Universities for Global Health, for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Please join us next time as we share more fellowship stories. To learn more about our program and see how we are making meaningful contributions to today's global health challenges, visit our website at phi-cdcfellows.org. For questions, please email us at info at phi-cdcfellows.org. This podcast is produced by Whitney Hall. Thank you to Mike Sage, Christine Caraballo, Jazdeep Dulay, Natasha Alcas, Rora Michael, Christine Jolly, CDC's Center for Global Health, PHI, and CUGH.